Welcome to the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast, a conversation about representation in comics and related media. I'm your host, Rain Coleman. In this issue, we will be covering Sharona Jackson. Now, before getting started, I do want you all to take a couple steps or clicks over to your local social medias. Use that hashtag CBN pod when you're live tweeting this episode. Let me know you're out there. Keep that conversation going. And while you're at it, go over to SoundCloud, hit those hearts, go over to iTunes and give me that good five star review. Let me know what episode was your favorite, how you found the show, things of that nature. Let me know you're out there. That does help with visibility in the Apple Podcast app. Um, and now there is commenting on the SoundCloud app. So those of you with the SoundCloud capabilities, go ahead and drop a little comment or two. Again, keep this conversation going. Now for this issue, we will be covering a black woman by the name of Sharona Jackson. And uh, for those of you who don't know about her, we're all going to go down this road together because I can't start with her. So <laughs> Sharona Jackson is a character who I am vaguely familiar with. And when I say vaguely, I don't mean, oh, she was in an animated series and I knew what she looked like. And, oh, I saw her in this book. No, I am like the image. I'm pretty familiar. Like it looks like someone who I know I've seen before, but I know nothing about this person. She is a character of Image Comics fame of uh, Savage Dragon. <laughs> Shit, brain fart. So before getting into Sharona's history, we're going to take a couple steps back with a one Mr. Eric Larson. Um, for those of you who don't know, Eric Larson is an American comic book writer, artist, and publisher. He is known for his works on Savage Dragon, as, as one of the founders of Image Comics and for his work on Spider-Man for Marvel Comics. Now, Eric Larson, for those of you, again, who are not 100% familiar, he's one of the creators of Image Comics. Um, I'll eventually do a lesson on Image, but just keep that in mind. Now, I just drew the dragon when I was a little kid. I started drawing him when I was in uh, about fourth grade, and I would draw his adventures on eight and a half by 11 paper that was folded in half and stapled up the side. And I did that from like fourth grade up through high school. When I was 19 years old, me and a couple buddies self-published our own comic called Graphic Fantasy. And that was the first time the character was in print as the dragon. It wasn't the Savage Dragon yet. Um, the reason he ended up being called Savage Dragon in the comic was because we got a cease and desist from uh, Dragon Magazine who was like, we have a magazine called The Dragon, you can't call it that. And so I was like, alright, well, we'll change it for you. Image Comics um, are an American comic book publisher, excuse me, it was founded in 1992 by several high-profile illustrators as a venue for creator-owned properties in which comics creators could publish material of their own creation without giving up copyrights to those properties, which is like ideal, like self-publish, keep all the money, <laughs> do a web series, keep all the money, <laughs> image comics, keep all the money, so, um, but in... Excuse me. So uh, the founding of Image in the early 1990s, the comic book creators, including Eric Larson, remember that name, <laughs> Rob Liefeld, Jim Valentino had dinner with Malibu Comics editor in chief Dave 
Olbrich. Olbrich. O-L-B-R-I-C-H. Yeah. Uh, Malibu was a small but established publishing company, sympathetic to creator-owned, and uh, they expressed interest in publishing comics created by the team. Now, in these comics, uh, Image Comics, they are known for a few different titles, um, some that you may be familiar with, some you may not be familiar with, one of which being Savage Dragon, uh, and also Spawn, Youngblood, and Wildcats. So we're going to kind of veer off there because I don't want to give too much history because I will have an image lesson up uh, sometime down the line. So the Savage Dragon, this I do remember. I remember reading comics uh, and seeing, because when you get a lot of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, X-Men, Iron Man, Avengers, and, and the lot, they all are human, humanoid, white for the most part, blonde hair, blue eye, whatever. Savage Dragon is a big green dragon man. So he's like a six foot something male character, but with green skin with scales and like this uh, fin thing on his head. I don't know, but I remember seeing him and I know I have some Savage Dragon comics somewhere in the long boxes tucked in my office somewhere, but it's been so long and I was actually thinking like, man, you should probably revisit this series and... The only thing stopping me is that I believe that Savage Dragon is a white man. Um, I'm not 100%. I'm 99% sure he is, but whatever. So a little bit of history about him. Savage Dragon is an ongoing American comic book series created by Eric Larson. Uh, published by what? Image Comics, taking place in the Image Universe. So you know you got the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you got the DC Extended Universe, and you also have the Image Universe. Now the comics feature this superhero, superhero, superheroic <laughs> police officer named Dragon. <laughs> so this character first appeared in uh, as Dragon in the Graphic Fantasy number one. This was back in June of 1982, and he first appeared as the Savage Dragon in Megaton number three. That was in February of 1986. Uh, both very good years. Um, the dragon is a large, thinned, green-skinned humanoid whose powers include super strength, advanced healing factor, he is also amnesic, and earliest memory is awakening in a burning field in Chicago, Illinois. Now, this is one of the things that I really liked about this uh, particular book is because me hailing from the Midwest, I remember all the books I read being in Gotham City, being in Metropolis, being in California, being in New York. Nothing ever fucking happened in the Midwest, god damn it. So for this book to be stationed in Chicago, that was a big deal. Chicago was only a hop and a skip away from where I lived anyways. So I, that part I do remember. Now, um, most of the series, it was in Chicago. Now, the origins of his powers and uh, appearance, they are a mystery to the readers. Now, at the beginning of the series, he becomes a police officer and battles the mutant criminal super freaks that terrorized Chicago. So again, what leads me to think that this is a white character is because though this is back in the 80s and 90s, this man is created by a white man and it's never been explicitly said that, oh, he was Asian before he became the Savage Dragon. He was white before he became the Savage Dragon. He was brown. So, and the default would be white, even though white is not the default for these comics created by these predominantly white men in the industry that was dominated by white men, it stands to reason that if his race has not been brought up, 
more than likely he's white. So that's why Savage Dragon, I'm, I'm going to leave that as, as it is. So we're going to stop there with the Savage Dragon history of it all and then move on. So I'd give you Eric Larson, Image Comics, Savage Dragon. And before getting into Sharona, we have one other character, and that is Damien Darklord. Now, <laughs> this motherfucker right here. So Damien Darklord... Um, is a Savage Dragon character. He is a villain. Uh, let's see if, a little bit of rundown about him. He is uh, former aliases, Damien Darklord. First appeared in Savage Dragon number 42. He died in Savage Dragon number 75. He was impaled by a giant dart <laughs> by Mighty Man. Uh, it's group affiliations, the Darklanders, the Covenant of the Sword as well. He's seven feet tall, 445 pounds, eyes are white, um, born December 1997. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So he's pretty young if he was born in 97. Uh, born in Chicago, base of operations, Chicago, and his powers. Dark Lord is a bulletproof. Dark Lord is bulletproof. He possesses immense telepathy and can emit force beams that can incinerate possibly anything he comes into contact with. He also has super strength. So this is not a Damien Dark Lord um, session. So we'll get just a little bit of history about him. He is the time traveling Dark Lord. He began his life as a super intelligent powered child dubbed Damien Dark Lord, sharing the same origins as his younger version. However, this version grew up to adulthood before visiting the past to prepare for his eventual birth. He formed the Covenant of the Sword organization, whilst also established himself as a supervillain of the 1980s. Coming into conflict with Super Tough and Young Tough. So, I don't know. I'm not 100% familiar with Image Comics. So, those of you out there who know about Super Tough and Young Tough, uh, tweet me. Carefree Blur. <laughs> um, it was during their final encounter that Damien Darklord attempted to steal the original Negabomb. The heroes thwarted this step. Oh, I guess they're heroes. Okay. The heroes <laughs> thwarted this step only excuse me, for another version of the now Dark Lord to arrive and detonate the weapon. How fucking frustrating is that? A time-traveling nigga who goes back in time, you think you didn't won the match, and he steps in at just the right second and still fucks y'all over. You didn't put in all that goddamn work just to get blown up, man. <sighs> okay, so enough about this dude. Moving on to, so keep these names in mind while going over this lesson you know about eric larson image comics savage dragon and damian dark lord now sharona jackson first appeared in savage dragon number four she passed in savage dragon number 43 and then they have some subsequent issues of 44 103 and 135 which i'm sure there are probably flashbacks but i'm not 100 percent sure as i have not read the entirety of the Savage Dragon run at the time of this recording. Now, her cause of death, incinerated, and I'm going to leave it at that, and we'll revisit that later. Um, her group affiliations are the Freak Force, the Special Operations Strike Force, and the Covenant of the Sword. She's about 5'7", 120 pounds, 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 um, brown eyes, brown hair with a white patch. She actually looks a bit like Rogue from the X-Men of Rogue was a black woman. Um, and then she's a sign of the times. Like She is a character created back in the 80s, and she very much looks like that anatomically and everything. Like You know back then there were two body types, 
There was the fit female figure and the fit male figure, and that was it. <laughs> so she very much looks like that. Now, um, her date of birth, which this is something that you haven't really gotten or you don't get a lot of when it comes to comics. I have an exact date of birth. She was born in September 17th of 1972, so she has a birthday coming up here. Um, place of origin, place of birth, and operating origins. Uh, place of birth and uh, where she operates from was Chicago, Illinois. Again, a skip and a throw away from where I was in Michigan. Now, um, marital status is unknown, which is odd. Keep that in mind, her marital status as we go through the lesson. Because it's odd that you said, I don't know. This, that's just odd. Now, get this, guys. Some of her known relatives. Her son, Malcolm Dragon, which we'll revisit him in another lesson because, yeah, we will. Um, his father, who her excuse me, her father who's deceased, Mr. Joshua L. Jackson, her mother, Martha Monroe, her son, Thunderhead, and um, her brother, Willie Jackson, and her sister-in-law, Dee Dee Jackson. Now get this, Dee Dee and Willie. Let me let me let me read off the names of their kids for you. We have Jackie Jackson, Janet Jackson, Jermaine Jackson, Latoya Jackson, Marlon Jackson. Michael Jackson, Randy Jackson, and Tito Jackson. What the fuck, Eric Larson? <laughs> like, I imagine he may have been a Michael Jackson fan, if not Stan, because this is... <laughs> you didn't name all these people after them damn Jacksons, which I believe the Jacksons are from Indiana or Indianapolis. Either way, they were in the Midwest as well, pretty close to Chicago. So I wonder if, um, if he has a little Michael Jackson history with itself. Now, her powers... Um, Sharonda, Sharonda goes by the code name of Rapture and Rapture's powers are she has the ability to generate vast amounts of electrostatic energy which again let me take a quick aside I know I've mentioned it before maybe not that often but when it comes to black people in comics especially from anywhere from the beginning of the comics up until like the late 90s early 2000s every goddamn body has some type of electric power some type of um lightning manipulation just like what in there was an article written about that i need to try to figure out where that was i'll do some googles or whatever but i know there is something to every black person in the goddamn comic book universe having lightning powers um now this power she can release and harness uh the limits of her powers are as yet unknown but she can mentally control the amount of electricity she discharges she can emit lightning-like electric oh God, Lord. again here we go lightning-like electric arcs from any part of her body which that is new because uh, for the most part like storm it would come from her eyes or her hands or something I've never seen like I wonder if, if Sharona ever like released lightning from her shoulder blades or from her kneecaps or something <laughs> oh shit okay now um she can emit lightning-like electric arcs from any part of her body which she can propel through the air or through other conducting mediums so like metal and stuff um this discharge travels at the speed of light at about 1100 feet per second in close range she can easily kill a man or a woman <laughs> now rapture also has a limited ability to absorb the electrical energy from other sources and add to her own her body is immune to the effects of electricity and could not be electrocuted no matter how high the voltage. Which is odd because her cause of death was her being incinerated. Well, not odd, but peculiar. 
Now, although fairly athletic, she has limited experience in hand-to-hand combat. So that, in a nutshell, is Sharona. So we're going to get into her history here. Now, Sharona Jackson, she came from a very poor family, which, of course, I don't know. Like, why? What else? What else is there? So she comes from this poor family. Now, they make it a note to uh, point out that her parents were never married, which doesn't... I don't know. Again, I haven't read the Savage Dragon series at the time of this recording, so I don't know how much that would really matter. But especially since they're already poor, like, does it matter if they're married or not? I don't know. It doesn't like I feel like they're trying to set up this. She's a bad person. I'll show you why as we go on. Now, her parents were never married and her father was an abusive drunk and he drank himself to death. Her mother, these are their words. A prostitute disappeared when Sharona was quite young. Now, I'm not going to use the word prostitute going forward. It is a sex worker, but I did want to emphasize that this is the terminology used around these characters at this time. Again, this character, I feel, is a sign of the time. She's a sign of the 80s and the early 90s, but it's frustrating. And I know every comic book character, pretty much superhero especially, goes through all this shit, traumatic events, and they come out on the other side and whatever, but... It just feels, I don't want to say lazy because from what I remember, The Savage Dragon was a very good series that I did enjoy. Um, I never collected it consecutively. I've, I've gotten a few issues here and there. I was a kid and X-Men was more interesting to me. Uh, but it's just, ugh, ugh, just a poor black girl from Chicago with a prostitute mother and a drunk dad who was never married. Like, what is this? I don't know. So, again, going forward, I'll be using the term sex worker and not prostitute. Now, though her mother disappeared when Sharona was quite young, she left Sharona to live in the streets, and Sharona turned to her mother's occupation for survival. Um, She took the nickname Rapture. And that is interesting as well, because I don't know that it's ever been stated that she was explicitly religious at all. And... I don't know, not in the things that I found like, doing the research for this character. Did I find anything that said that, yes, Sharona was really religious. Her family was religious before her mother died. And that's why she took on the name. But so if any of you out there are listening and you are aware of that, please tweet me carefree blurred. Use the hashtag CBN pod. If you're not comfortable using Twitter, please go ahead and um, email me carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. Cause I'm really interested. Um, honestly, going over the research for this character, has opened my eyes and piqued my interest for more of Savage Dragon, but I digress. So she um, turned to her mother's profession and went by the name of Rapture. Now, eventually, she fell into a group of girls who worked for a pimp named Brian Lewis Leroy. Keep that name in mind. We will be revisiting Brian Lewis over the course of this lesson. Now, uh, Brian Lewis Leroy Walker, excuse me. Now, Walker was very much a tyrant. Um, He had beaten another sex worker named Tracy Brown, beaten her to death with nothing but a baseball bat. God damn, you cannot just shoot her, get it over with? Like, first of all, don't kill her at all. But beat her to death with a baseball bat? Like, this dark, gritty uh, story is sad as the fuck. Like, (laughs) I feel so bad for Sharona. So um, after Walker beat her to death with a baseball bat, that's when Rapture was like, oh, hell no, I'm out this motherfucker, and she left. Like, yeah, there's other spaces, I'll just say that, that you can occupy and not with the fear of being beat with a bat. 
Now, she moved to another area of town and tried to get herself together there. Now, one night, Rapture was approached by an old man riding in the back of a limousine, a black limousine. She thought it was another pathetic old John, is what they say. <laughs> and she went with him. Now, before going any further, I know I'm going to have an image of Rapture on the show notes and for the cover art for this episode. But good God damn, I am from the Midwest. Um, I've never been a sex worker. I cannot claim to understand the experiences and the ins and outs of that lifestyle or that particular walk of life. But shit, when you look at this outfit she wore, it was it gets so goddamn cold. And I I have to I'm speaking from a place of privilege, I'm I'm sure. But with this character being a sign of the times and the way that she's dressed and anatomically the way that she's designed, this is fucking ridiculous. This is just tits ass and hair stuffed into this like barely existing outfit. So going the whole sex worker route, I I see the benefits of the clothing being very risque. But on the other side, it's like this motherfucker's in Chicago. Fall in Chicago is cold. You're right off the water. It's, but <laughs> again, I digress. Now she thought this guy was just a pathetic old John, which probably would have been great for her if he had been. But dun dun dun. As it turned out, this motherfucker was. Mighty Man's old foe, Dr. Nirvana. Now, I don't know who the hell Mighty Man is. Uh, I He's not 100% important to this lesson, so I didn't really go into anything with him. But apparently, Dr. Nirvana is a bad motherfucker. Now, he had been abducting people that he figured wouldn't be missed and uh, was trying to put powers, like superpowers, into their body, kind of create his own form of like a super soldier. And this motherfucker, instead of like experimenting on himself, he was finding like sex workers and homeless people and snatching them up and doing shit. And I'm just like, man, that is an interesting, I mean, it's an old type of story because it happens in a lot of different shows, but that's interesting. It's interesting that they are, that they went that route uh, because from this, he, uh, though trying to give himself powers, he experimented on Sharona. Now, his experiment worked, but it also resulted in some type of explosion. This explosion, like, ripped apart his lab, it killed his lab assistant, and it fried off his hair. <laughs> then burned his flesh and left him in a coma. And I'm like, nigga, karma tenfold. You did all this shit, she survived, and you fucking lost everything, and now you're in a coma behind it? Yeah, good job, stupid. Now, um, he wound up in the hospital in Rapture. She left with the ability to generate vast amounts of electricity due to a genetic anomaly. Now, with this genetic anomaly, I'm not 100% sure if they're suggesting this is something that was already existing within her or if the anomaly in combination with his experiments created this thing i'm not 100 percent sure again if you know please let me know but i didn't find a lot about that particular um part of her origin now with her newfound powers rapture confronted the evil brian lewis leroy walker what <laughs> and she threatened to end that motherfucker's life right there now, the superpower girl named Ricochet was on her way back to her underground home after being rejected from the police force due to her age. Now, she spotted the superpowered uh, Sharona, well, Rapture, rather. She spotted her, she being Ricochet. She spotted Sharona and was like, girl, what the fuck are you doing? And Sharona was like, bitch, listen, this nigga been doing some shit. And Ricochet was like, yeah, I know, but sister girl, 
No, no. <laughs> now, um, she tried to stop Sharona from like killing this motherfucker, which is like, where did she? Did she just like what she being Sharona just like walk out of this hospital, find uh, Brian Leroy Lewis Jackson Walker, whoever that nigga name is, and like just confront him in the middle of the street, like? Chick, you still black. You gotta try to be a little bit more discreet with this murdering. Now, Ricochet did convince her to stop, and Rapture decided that it wasn't worth throwing her life away for revenge. But something should have happened. Like, this nigga beat this girl to death with a bat. He shouldn't just get away. Like, cripple him, put him in a coma, do something. But don't, don't, let's not act like it's this whole, let's take the higher ground thing. No, fuck him up. Like, the fuck? I would have, I would have killed that nigga. So, um, <laughs> they agreed to just send him on about his way and give him to the authorities, whatever. But, y'all, we're in luck. So, they turn in this nigga in and he pulls a gun on Rapture. Ha! So, what could she do? Kill that motherfucker in self-defense, which she did. So, kudos to you, Rapture, Sharona. Now, Ricochet introduced her new friend Rapture to this growing super team of Chicago Police Department, and she was asked to join the team, which, I mean, I guess I get it. Her powers give her the kind of one-up to join the team, but this is a sex worker who I would imagine, I don't want to say she's homeless because it was never explicitly said that she was homeless, but, yeah, I won't, I won't go there, right? I actually, I'll retract all that because I'm, I'm going to leave that alone because I don't want to be problematic, and I was going to say something that now thinking about it, I don't think needs to be said. Now, um, due to restrictions imposed by the local government and their police superiors, the freak officers quit the police force. The freak officers being these superpower police officers. And they stuck it out on their own as bounty hunters, which is like, why not? Be a detective or a bounty hunter with your powers. Like, anybody gonna lock you up for having powers? So, um, they joined with the veteran superhero, Super Patriot, and the new Mighty Man. Again, some of these names... I have no idea about. So <laughs> now Freak Force went on to battle a number of menaces, 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 evildoers, <laughs> ranging from supervillains like the Fantastical Force, the Covenant of the Sword, and Throwaways. Master Adam, Borgadon, and their own evil clones, and the Fighting Frightening Force. Uh, okay, interesting. <laughs> now Rapture became the first long term relationship with the dragon interesting this dragon has got this black woman and you know a little <laughs> no now the two enjoyed a very happy if turbulent relationship now her jealousy and constant flirtation did jeopardize their happiness but it wasn't until rapture gave birth to the policeman's child that the relationship ended remember me speaking about her child malcolm malcolm dragon which again we'll get into him later on down the line but this is him this is his birth now because of um, his birth or partly situations surrounding his birth are why the couple did not last. And it's unfortunate, but that's, you know, kind of the way the cookie crumbles when you're in the comic book land. Now, it wasn't until um, Dragon has suspected that his lover had an affair with the singer Peter Kaplan due to a rather compelling video evidence. But it was all a big mistake. Now, the couple split up, and then the Covenant of the Sword, unbeknownst to the um, to the couple, the Covenant of the Sword abducted the child and faked his death, which is like, what the fuck? Like, comic books and soap operas have the most 
outlandish ass situations going on. Now the trauma broke up the two heroes for good, but they remained good friends, which is like this makes me want to read this even more. Like I want and I've seen some images of them. An image got dark and they got x-rated like there's a picture and i'm going to probably put it actually i will put it on the show notes and on the um instagram post where they're in the shower and he's like they're nude of course nothing is showing but the way that they're placed it's just very I'm like this was a comic book <laughs> like kids were reading this shit like <laughs> you can't get christian with this shit <laughs> now eventually after all of that Sharona accompanied most of her teammates in joining the United States government's new super team to replace Youngblood. Now, Youngblood, I am familiar with, and I do have a ton of Youngblood and Wildcat comics, again, somewhere in that office. Now, the Youngblood, during this time, that team was presumed dead by the Martian attack. Again, anyone familiar with Image Comics, especially from back then, if you want to tweet in, come on, let me know. Hell, if you want to come on, uh, you know, one of the episodes and kind of discuss that, Please, by all means, hit me up. Now, they were called the Special Operations Strike Force. Uh, Rapture joined an expedition team to another dimension where they confronted the ruler of Dark World, a parallel version of Earth that was none other than Dark Lord. He refused to give up his powers and or to end his mad quest to exchange the surface of his world with that of the Earth. That is very specific. Like, as opposed to trying to take over Earth, he wanted to replace the surface. Okay, now, and when he was confronted by Rapture, the villain incinerated her without hesitation. God damn. R.I.P. Rapture. Okay, so Dragon, Savage Dragon, was left stranded on Dark World along with his teammates Smasher and attempted to locate the reality's version of Rapture to save her before the planet died. This search failed and that Sharona Jackson was killed when Dark World exploded. God damn. So not only did she die, she died twice. Okay, so moving on. Rapture was one of hundreds of superpowered females that were gathered together by Damien Darklord. Although the details of her own timeline are unrevealed, it can be assumed that the majority of her origins are similar to that of Rapture. The main difference is obviously she did not meet her at the ends. She she didn't meet her in at the hands of Darklord. Now, when a raid on the Covenant of the Sword stronghold in the Hamptons was performed by Dragon, because that motherfucker was mad. You killed his baby mama. You took his kid. You killed her parallel version of herself. Like, he is, he done. Uh, Rapture was liberated from her servitude. Now, the Rapture of the Dark Lords um, alternate parallel world or whatever, that's the one that did survive, although she was thought dead. Now, Dragon going in and into the Hamptons and cutting shit up, he liberated her from the servitude of the sinister organization. All of the abducted or recruited females were taken back to Chicago, Illinois, where the scientific genius Rex Dexter was employed to aim them in returning home. Now, when you say returning home, I wonder if he meant to their reality. No, okay, well... So Rex performed a number of experiments until he was finally able to determine which timeline each of the women came from, which is another something that I don't think I've seen a lot in Marvel or DC. If it's there, I just haven't seen it. And if you know about it, please let me know. But this man was able to not only send them back to their timeline, but be able to look at their genetic makeup to determine which timeline they were from. That's impressive. That sounds like something Reed Richards would have done. Um, 
So yeah, so he was able to construct a device which would send them all home. But, because there's always a but, the world which both Rapture and an alternate Smasher hailed from was now gone. With nowhere else to go, the two women opted to remain on this earth as they had no counterparts left. Those of this reality were deceased. <sighs> okay, this is my problem with alternate timelines. You're not about to just step into my life and take over. Like, <laughs> that is so odd. The other thing that I don't get, which I get but I don't get, how is it that every alternate version of these people, unless it's like an extreme body modification, they look exactly like physically like the person before? Like, I don't think I've ever read a story in which person X has gone to timeline two, met their ex counterpart, and that person is overweight or extremely skinny or has a disease. Like, I've never, nothing comes to mind. If you guys know of anything, please tweet me, Carefree Blurred. Let me know, but I don't. I don't think I can recall any characters like that. Now, like Age of Apocalypse alternate timeline in the Marvel Universe, there were some slight variations, but everybody essentially, like outside of hair color, looked the same. So, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just easier to recognize, but when it comes to telling a good story, I think it'd be good to shake some shit up a bit. Now, uh, <laughs> shake some shit up a bit. Now, First of all, let's take a quick aside. Mr. Dexter, Rex Dexter, this nigga is doing genetic shit. He is creating these devices that's getting you from this timeline to the next. Like, that, that's the next level shit. Like, if you're trying to run away from someone, call on Dexter to move to this alternate timeline and just pick up there and, like, have your life there. Like, but then there's also, <laughs> I know this is <sighs> diseases. Now, again, this is comic books, so whatever, but who's to say that the other version of Rapture didn't have a, some contagious form of asthma or some sexually transmitted disease or anything that now when it's entered into this timeline really fucks some shit up? Like, that's, you know, that's something to think about. So, um, Rex Dexter, Rex, De and I like that name, Rex Dexter. <laughs> so these girls, they decided to stay on this earth. Now, the SOS, which is an organization I don't really know much about, they offer these two women positions on their pared-down roster where they moved their complex in Washington, D.C., and Rapture had continued to raise her counterpart's orphan son, Malcolm Dragon. How in the hell? Like, I have to read that issue or that art because first and foremost, they stole me from my mom, from my parents, when I was born. Secondly... This random woman, though she is my mother and probably genetically a fit, now she's raising me? Like, what? And then how old was he when she stepped in to raise him? Was he, like, elementary school age, middle school, high school? Like, what? You can't just step in and raise your counterpart's orphan son. So, <laughs> unfortunately, the arrival of Universo, wherever that is, meant that the death of almost everyone on Earth as the entire planet was consumed. God damn. <laughs> All this death and destruction. Now, in the second reality that Dragon called his home, Barbaric, whoever that is, was never recruited onto the Chicago Police Department, in which in turn led to Ricochet getting rejected due to her young age. This would prevent the teenage heroine from running into Rapture as she confronted Brian, Michael, Lewis, Warner, Jackson, Robinson, whoever that pimp from before. <laughs> now, I'm going to repeat this because I think this stands repeating. In the second reality that Savage Dragon called his home, 
Barbaric was never recruited onto the Chicago Police Department, which in turn, that action are being recruited, is the thing that rejected Ricochet from the police department because she was so young. Because she was never rejected, she would not prevent teenage Ricochet, Ricochet, teenage Sharona from killing her pimp, the Brian Lewis Leroy Walker. The sex worker would cold-bloodedly murder this man and become a fugitive from the law. Like, I like that. Now, when you have these Marvel and DC comics and you have these alternate timelines and you're moving shit around, a lot of times it could get muddy, especially with the big two because they are such a big conglomerate of a, you know, they're just larger than life. So you'll get an alternate timeline that's created just for the sake of this person wanted to write this story and then it's just thrown away. You have like the alternate timeline with uh, Submariner um, Namor, Namor McKenzie and Sue Storm being together. Well, in this timeline, he's a black man and they have white and black kids. And because he's Atlantean, they have blue skinned and golden skinned children as well. Well, that's a timeline that I don't think has ever been revisited. Then you have the timeline where Scott Summers has been, uh, was a black man. He was a slave. That hasn't been revisited either. Like, in the big two, you'll get the, well, maybe probably more Marvel than DC. I think DC did, like, the Crisis on Infinite Earths. And they've, they've got a better handle on their timelines. But with Marvel, it's like, god damn. You have, oh, I got this amazing writer. I want to tell a story. Just give him Earth 123X561. Do some shit and just let that be that. Like, ugh. Whereas with this, it seems as if they have a better handle on what's going on where. And because they're able to monitor these timelines so closely, you can make it a small change, like Ricochet not being rejected from the police force, that ultimately causes a gigantic butterfly effect. Whereas we get Sharona killing this pimp, they're never getting with Dragon and never having that baby. Like, that's... That's a big deal, all from that one little thing. Homegirl being rejected because she was young. Like, that's cool as fuck to me. Um, but I like <laughs> I like this shit. <laughs> so, she becomes a fugitive from the law. And the details of Rapture's life in this timeline, they remain unknown. But it has caused her mind to become fractured. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second. Now, it seems that things happen... And this is so, okay, this is what I like about this. I'm going to go back to this timeline shit. In the first timeline, we know Rapture would have killed her pimp, but she was stopped by Ricochet. In this second timeline, she was not stopped by Ricochet, so she killed her pimp. Who's to say which one is which? Because we are the audience and we've been introduced to this, I'll say timeline A, that's what we see as being the regular timeline. Whereas the one in which Ricochet was not denied access to the police for because of her age in which Sharona did kill her pimp perhaps that's the first timeline and these are the side effects of what I, it's like you ah oh, it's I really liked if you guys can't tell I really like that idea <laughs> so now her time in this timeline uh her mind becomes fractured turning into an incoherent mess rapture was recruited regardless by August and uh going to butcher this name Deblique Deblike, 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 Junior, <laughs> when he was assembling Freak Force, inspired by Savage Dragon stories of the team in his home universe. 
Now, this experiment was a total failure. <laughs> and Rapture, now obese. Ah, see, I got what I was saying before. Remember about one timeline, everybody being skinny, but then, okay, whatever. So, Rapture, now obese, returns to her previous life. After losing her weight, the unstable Rapture became targeted by the villain Johnny Nitro for a physical um, and sexual assault. She was spared this fate by Solar Man, who incinerated her assailant. When Rapture moved to thank her savior, Solar Man's true intentions were revealed. Of course, because nobody can have a happy ending in comics. <laughs> now, get this. As punishment for the murder of Brian Lewis Leroy Walker, Solar Man took Rapture's life by crushing her skull. What the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Nigga, she just can't get a break. Now... <laughs> An alternate universe's rapture later shows up and holds Angel, Alex, and Jennifer Murphy hostage in Dimension X. Bro, I I have a whole ass headache. All this shit this woman went through, like, and I would imagine in comic book times she didn't make it past maybe like 32, 33. Why in the fuck? Like, this woman got a tough break. I really would like to see <laughs> more of her now. Um... With DC and Marvel having like a monopoly kind of sort of on these extended universes, it seems like the next step would be, and I wonder if there's ever been a Savage Dragon live action. I feel like there's been a cartoon, but if I was handed the reins, if I was handed this big CEO position of this new company, let's call it Carefree Blurred Films, what I'm doing is taking regular characters like Sharona, who are adjacent to these powerhouses of superheroes and focus on them. Because in that, I think that there's success, like what Marvel has done with the Defenders. Jessica Jones' story, though she is the superhero in question, is very down-home, realistic. It's uh, uh, a, a total change from the tone that Avengers is. So I feel like when you have a character like this, who's both, both visually interesting, has a very creative, um, fully fleshed out story, you could get a lot done. Even if we don't include Savage Dragon as he appears in the comics with this green fin on his head and stuff, she still has a very healthy history prior to meeting this nigga. And then even after meeting him and splitting up because of everything with the baby, honestly, if you take that whole section out and continue on the story as is, because it doesn't feel as if outside of her alternate version coming in to raise her child, that anything needs to change. Like, and even if you made Malcolm, because Malcolm looks very much like his dad, he's green skin with the fin and all of that. But if you just made him a biracial little boy or a little black boy, and continue the story as is like it still seems like a very solid story and i would love to see this played out as a netflix series as a series of movies you know as something so i don't know image um eric larson uh hit me up hit me up carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com i got some ideas by that ass now um Oh no, so tell me, what did you think about this character? Now, it's apparent that I'm not 100% familiar with her. I kind of knew the image and going through this kind of researching process, I found a lot of things that I'm interested in 
um, more lanes to go down at a later date. But tell me how you feel about this character. Do you want to know more? Um, do you think this was sufficient enough? Are you interested in Malcolm? Do you have any ideas of characters that you would like to be explored here? Do you want to come on and talk about someone? Let me know. Um, all in all, I'm really interested in this character. And because she has a full beginning and end, I can't wait to get my hands on these issues. Um, so we're going to wrap it up here because Sharona <sighs> gone too soon and then gone too soon again and then gone too soon again and then gone too soon. Like, shit. <laughs> There's four different times she was going too soon, goddammit. So that's that. Now, please, again, when you're listening to this episode, live tweet using the hashtag CBNPod. Get my attention. Let me know you're out there. I'd love to talk to you guys. Keep this conversation going. Head over to the Apple Podcast, iTunes Podcast app, and give me a five-star review. Uh, put a little rating down there. Hey, this shit was cool as fuck, man. No, nah, because I hated this episode, bro. No, just <laughs> let me know something. Let me know you're listening. Um, I'll actually... If you go ahead and leave a review, I'll read it. I'll if, Maybe that's an incentive. I'll read it on one of the subsequent episodes of Carefree Black Nerd. Give you a little shout out. And the same thing with the live tweet. Go ahead and like hit me up. Tell me what you like, what you didn't like, and then I'll shout you out. So-and-so at this, that, and the other hated it. Whatever. Um, yeah. Oh, and also, I know a lot of people don't listen to the end, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to do a little like see who really listening type of thing. Hit me up with the hashtag um, uh, Sharona forever. Like if you made it this far, hit me up with Sharona forever. So I know <laughs> that y'all listening to the end. So um, until next time, I want you to hit me up on social medias, uh, Twitter, carefree blurred, the quickest way to get in touch with me, Instagram, carefree black nerd, uh, Snapchat, if you want. And uh, we're going to keep this conversation going. So please, Come back. <laughs> stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, and uh, protect Sharona at all costs. Sharona forever!